Hey, sexy friend. He's making me his bitch. Maybe want to get a piece of that. Pretty good. I want to talk about sexy teens. I was getting erections. It's a very creepy feeling. I can guarantee that underwear theft will come up again. None of this is relevant. Pokemon, Pokeballs. 750 milliliter bottle of rum. Welcome to the Velocity Podcast. A study in monology. This is your grumpy uncle Peter. He will say words at you. An interesting story because of the COVID situation is American Airlines and Delta Airlines are dropping or canceling all fees. So if you have a cancellation fee, so let's say you get you uh, book an air, a flight and you cancel, there's no fee for cancellation anymore. Uh, you want to change flights during the day, there's no fee for changing your flight anymore. Uh, they are waiving everything basically uh, since March. And this is because people are not flying. And they want to make it cheaper so that people find flying more attractive. Uh, of course, they're trying to say it's safe and whatnot. It's interesting because this fits into something I did very early days on the podcast about Comcast. And it was how everyone complains about how much Comcast costs. Uh, I think it's basically half of the United States doesn't really get a choice in their internet provider. They have to go with Comcast in their city or area. And I came up with a very simple solution to get Comcast to lower their fees. And that is you choose a day and everyone quits Comcast on that day. And I honestly believe by the end of that 24-hour period, almost all their fees would be gone, their prices would drop, and it would become fair again. The problem is people in their mentality don't believe they could go, let's say, four or five days without the internet. But if this was planned in advance, if you had one week in advance, you knew you weren't going to use the internet for that week, I think everyone should quit Comcast. And then they would, as they see thousands and thousands and gets to millions and millions of people dropping their service, and then they say, why is this happening? And everyone goes, we don't like your fees. It's too expensive. They would rather keep you as a customer than lose all their money and essentially their business. Uh, if they got to zero subscribers by the end of that first week period, there's no company left. And that's when another company springs up and I bet their prices are fair. Now, of course, that was a very difficult thing to talk about. And actually, because it's a theory, there's no way to prove it. I can't get a city to drop Comcast and then see what happens. But this is same thing has happened with airlines. Everyone complains about, you know, why do I have to pay a cancellation fee? Why do I have to do Because they overbook flights. They always have extra people anyways. Um, why do these fees happen? It's because they feel like they can get away with it because there's no, you know, alternative. But now the alternative is to not fly, which most people are not doing. Suddenly all these fees, which they said were essential, important, that you couldn't do without, suddenly they're gone. So clearly they can do without them. That was just extra money they were charging you. The interesting thing at the end of the article I read, though, was saying United Airlines had $625 million in change and flight change fees and $2.8 billion in 2019. So that's just fees in general. It was billions of dollars. So they're giving up almost $3 billion just to get people to stay with their company and get them to fly again. 
again, and the problem is you can't organize people to do this. People will not force themselves to do without. A pandemic will force people to do things that they don't want to do, but uh, morality and stuff will not. And I'm not holding that against anyone. That is actually just something I believe. Uh, you have to be forced into situations uh, to force yourself to give things up. I would be willing to give up the internet for a week if everyone else did it. And there is already your first problem, if everyone else did it. Because just me quitting on my own doesn't mean anything. So you need thousands, hundreds of thousands, maybe even millions of people to quit with you. And then it has an impact. So the, the pandemic has made internet feel more important and more vital than it was before, uh, which is too bad because I think that's something that these companies are going to exploit. And the only way we as a consumer can fight back is either you find an alternative system, so like some other company, which again, the monopoly in North America seems to be pretty solid, or you just start getting everyone humanly possible to quit until they come to a price that you as a general population can agree with. But this American Airlines Delta situation proves that it is absolutely possible and the theory fundamentally is correct. One of the most terrifying things I've read recently uh, was that China has begun inoculating people with an untested vaccine. So essentially, they have a vaccine. Uh, they probably tested it on animals to make sure there were no significant side effects or something with the rats. Then they went straight to human trials. And the human trials weren't really trials. It was like, let's just start using it on people and see what happens. Now, to me, the problem is that apparently China doesn't have horror or sci-fi movies because, holy crap, this is the plot to every, you know, mutant slash zombie movie ever made in, since like 1990. The groups are the China National Pharmaceutical Group, Sinovac Biotech and Can Sino Biologies, uh, which is a company that works for the, the Chinese military. So once you throw military in there, it's already, again, you hit that sci-fi vibe where the military is using an untested thing to vaccinate people, which is, you know, for all you know, not a vaccine. Then you throw in Chinese military, it actually just has that one step more because they kind of can do whatever they want in that country. One of the bits they did, which was supposed to put you at ease, which actually to me was almost scarier, was the chief executive officers of Sinovac and Sinopharmaceuticals, they went first. So they said, we're going to be inoculated. We're going to take this vaccine first to show you that it's all safe. Except there is no way I know that they took the exact same thing that they're going to be doling out to the public. Anti-vaxxers, this is one of their sort of primary arguments that is almost valid, is you don't know what's in there as a customer. Uh, it, the doctor will tell you what's in it. I mean, he hasn't tested. Uh, these big companies tell you what's in it. You don't know if they're being honest because people don't trust big companies. I've actually hit that topic many times. Uh, if you listen to C. McBee from last week, you will get a nice breakdown of evil companies and games and whether their uh, sort of white paper philosophy actually made any sense in the real world. That's to let you know that Chunk McBeef Chest, the Chunk McBeef Chest podcast has been released. Search for C. McBee on whatever podcast app you're looking at this at on, uh, and you'll be able to find it. So uh, please give that a listen. If you like Podcast, C. McBee is just Podcast Plus is actually the way I was thinking of it. Because what it is, is I will do a five, 10 minute talk on any topic here, maybe even only two minutes. 
That one, I've taken one topic, maybe several sources or several things, and I just talk about it in depth. And that's one episode. The next episode is I read and sort of react to stuff, and then I flip those back and forth. So if you like this, what you're getting is the exact same thing, only longer with more insight or just more detail about whatever I'm talking about. The chief executive officers of Sinovac took this vaccine first. And this is, interestingly, how you pass a test to be a sushi chef. So if you want to get the license to cut blowfish, fugu, which is the one with the poison, uh, the Simpsons did an episode on it. The test is that you get a blowfish and you slice it up into sushi and then you eat it. So if you're not confident in your abilities, you don't eat that and everyone's like, okay, you're not that level yet. But if you are, you eat it and there is a possibility you will die if you've done it wrong. Now, my understanding is that it's been a very long time since there's been a death probably because they have a very good understanding of, of, you know, what's done right and what's done wrong. And I bet the other people sort of proctoring the exam, as it were, would be able to recognize if you've made a mistake and maybe stop you before you eat something that's going to kill you. But there have been deaths as a result of this exam. I don't think that's going to be the case. The chief executive officers of these companies, I mean, they may have just injected themselves with a saline solution, which does nothing uh, to the body. Actually makes you slightly more hydrated, which is good. And there's no way to know And it's just this whole story is so shady and just hits every note of a science fiction movie. I can't believe it wasn't bigger news. Uh, That said, the news in general right now, there's a lot more stuff going on than just a bunch of executives in China forcing vaccinations on people, which as evil as it is, isn't the most evil thing you could do right now. So... I don't want to end off on a positive note on this. I don't think forced vaccinations are a good idea. Oh man, I don't even know. Because I would actually argue for vaccination for kids for everything we already know works. Because it does work, like polio and stuff. So maybe I am forced vaccination. Just that he needs to be proved first. I'm now going through like an emotional moment of what do I actually believe? Because yeah, I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I think people should be vaccinated. We have smallpox basically taken care of if everyone gets vaccinated. A whole bunch of flus. Uh, polio, a whole bunch of things. So I am for forced vaccinations because I think we should be vaccinating kids. I I guess I I want more, I want proof that vaccination is valid and then the government can go all evil and vaccinate everybody against their will. Well, that's a dark way to end. It's not like I'm not doing Quora questions anymore. It's just they started to feel repetitive. Maybe I need to subscribe to uh, more groups or whatever it was. But uh, I was sent a core question by someone who listens to the show. So I appreciate that. If you ever find anything you think would be interesting to hear me talk about, please send it in. Uh, you can go to voicelink.fm. You can send it to emails or Twitter, all those other things. They're all on the website and uh, the voice says it at the end. This is a core question. If there is no God, why are there over 1,000 exorcisms performed a year in the United States alone? Which does imply that there are more exorcisms performed elsewhere exorcisms so again let's give this question validity and and actually take the premise as being true there are 1000 exorcisms and they are let's even say successful they exhume a demon from a person's body okay so we're going to give them that that's a lot to give to this question we're actually going to give them that that there are 1000 successful exorcisms in the united states every year that actually remove a demon from a human being's body That is not necessarily proof of God. 
that is exclusively proof of demons. So because demons exist does not mean that God exists. So the fact that these demons are being exercised, maybe they do come from a place called hell. Uh, that doesn't mean that hell was created by God. Uh, it doesn't mean these devils are fallen angels. That is the popular fiction we've been given from the Bible, but that doesn't actually mean that that part has been proven. The only thing that has been proven is that demons are real. Demons get into people's bodies, and if we say these particular words or uh, swing some smoke around or splash them with holy water, that will get the demon out of the body. Now, you might say the justification for that would be that those are religious things, they're all connected to God. So the holy water has to be blessed by a priest. Uh, the words come from some sort of Christian pantheon, I assume. Uh, the smoke, the incense, they're clearly Christian incense in this case. But that actually still doesn't prove the existence of God. It proves that these methods, these patterns, these ceremonies exhume the demon from a human body. So it might be the tone of those sounds negatively impact the demon. This water, whether it's holy or not, may have the same effect. If it's holy, maybe what did we do to it to make it holy? So usually it's just prayed over. Maybe that creates some kind of vibration, resilience, some res resonance within the water, and that has an impact on the demon. That actually still doesn't prove that God exists. Where does that power come from? It came from the person who blessed the holy water. The power of God in all these instances is still a supposition because God has not come forward and stepped in and actually done anything. The only thing we've done is see the demon leave the body, let's say. Therefore, we know demons are real. Now, in addition to this, I decided to take a little look into holy water because, again, I think prayers could be easily counted as uh, resonance. So the, the vibrations, the sounds, they affect the demons. The uh, smoke, the incense, they could, again, that particular smell, that particular herb or whatnot burning, that could have an impact on the demon. Holy water seems to be the one that, because it's been blessed over, some extra power has to do that. Because if I say the words and I'm not a Christian or a Catholic, it should have no impact. So something else is happening. Uh, what I found didn't prove anything to that benefit, but I did find some interesting rules about holy water. And the first one is in the Catholic tradition, anyone can make holy water. It doesn't have to be a priest. So I could, over my cup of water, if I said the right prayer, that would then technically be holy water. Now the church says you shouldn't do that. Uh, it should only be done in an emergency, like when someone needs last rites and there's no priest available. So I'm uh, with my friend. We're in the revenant. Uh, my friend is dying. He's been, he's been mauled by a bear. And I can perform last rites even as a non-Christian, and I can bless this water and put it on so that he can go to heaven. So it's basically like a, a carjack situation where I, I can do it in a, in, a, in a pinch. Now, there were a couple of arguments that actually came up when I started looking at this, which is already in itself quite funny that people are arguing over holy water. But again, it's the rules haven't been clarified. One was that holy water cannot be diluted. So if I have a cup of water, holy water, and I put that in a larger container, and then I add more water to that container, the property of the holy water is then transferred to all the water in that container, and that whole thing is holy water now. Then I saw another person step in, and they said, it has to be 50%. So if I have 
uh, one liter of holy water, I can add in basically one more liter of water, and that all becomes holy water. But if I add in 1,100 milliliters, then that is no longer holy water. It's been diluted too much and it loses all its power. Now, there are some interesting things. Because if holy water can't be diluted, so let's just say I have a cup of holy water. I've blessed it. We all know the, the old adage that the body is 70% water. So I drink my uh, glass of water. Now, the water in my body far, far outweighs the amount of holy water I've taken in. But you could, this would probably kill you, so don't do this. If you drank 50% of the volume of water in your body, of holy water, then all the water in your body would then be converted to holy water. So I don't know how many kilos that would be. It would be a lot. But with this knowledge, we could then, essentially liter by liter, slowly convert all water sources in the world to holy water. That would defeat the demons outright because everywhere they go is holy water. Every person they touch, now all that water in their body, in their cells, is holy water. So the first thing that holy water can't be diluted in any water that touches it becomes holy water, that actually means if you drink it, your body instantly becomes all holy water, which I think even in sort of the religious ideas, they don't want that to happen because then you just drink it I pee, that pee is holy water, it goes into my toilet and then the sewer, and that sewer water is now all holy water. Uh, it gets processed and probably pumped out back into the ocean. Now the ocean is all holy water, and we all know the cycle of sort of hydromechanics with evaporation, and it goes into clouds. All those clouds are now holy water, and then they go over the city and it rains, and it's raining holy water all over the world. Uh, it's pretty quick, if you make it that way, that everything is holy water. Does that prove the existence of God? No. It doesn't prove much of anything. It proves that Christians and Catholics need to get the rules on holy water sort of written down and confined. And they need to make it pretty strict because it seems like it's pretty easy to make holy water and it's pretty easy to make everything holy water pretty quickly. Uh, but they also have to be careful because if you make it too strict, like I have a, a, a cup of holy water and then one drop gets in it that isn't and now it's like impure... That's also no good because then it's almost impossible to keep your holy water holy. And that is all the information that I can give you at this moment. And therefore, you have to decide for yourself if God is real. But also, demons aren't real. And exorcisms aren't real. So none of that proves anything. The Loss of 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 Podcast. The Loss of Podcast. Hey, sexy friend. He's making me his bitch. Thank you for listening. Leave a text or voice question or comment at voicelink.fm slash podcast. You can find the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Acast or go to velocipeter.com slash podcast, sexy out homies.